0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Good morning, and welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and today we have a uh, a very sweet topic, if you will, because it's the topic of chocolate and the story of a company that has succeeded for a hundred years or more. In a marketplace that's really quite competitive, chocolate, as most of you know, has been around for many, many hundreds of years, and the appeal uh, has been sustained since the very, very beginning uh, when it was more of a beverage and then eventually became uh, a, a confection. And fast forward to the 20 and 21st centuries, it's, it's a highly competitive marketplace uh, for making more and making better chocolate. And there are some companies experiencing what you might call sweet success through their smart operations and strategic growth. And one outstanding example is the Edward Mark Brands Company based in Pittsburgh, which has expanded its original foundation of quality crafted chocolate, handcrafted chocolate. And is really quite uh, poised to become a global player, even though they're focusing on uh, the U.S. and North America before they become uh, worldwide. I think they're right around the corner. So I'm very uh, delighted to have uh, as my guest, someone who can offer insight into the company and into the marketplace, Chris Edwards, the uh, CEO of Edward Mark Brands Company. Welcome to the business hour, Chris
2: Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, Chris, as I said, this is a uh, product that's been around for many centuries, and it's been around from uh, at least 1914 uh, when your grandparents decided to uh, create a handcrafted uh, chocolate uh, store. Did they open up with a, a resale store uh, initially, Chris?
2: You know, my, you know, yes, our family's been in the business for 102 years. We've been in the chocolate business. My um, great-grandparents started the company. Uh, they came from Greece as immigrants to the United States in 1914 and, um, and you know, had a love of chocolate. They, you know, learned how to make confections in their kit at home in Greece and, you know, they came back and... You know, Greek people love food, so <laughs> you're either in restaurants. A lot of the people in western Pennsylvania, the Greeks in western Pennsylvania are in the chocolate business, surprisingly. So, um, so we, you know, we learned from generation to generation the recipes that have been handed down and we're proud to carry on the legacy that my great-grandparents started all those years ago. And that's what's something that's very, very special to us, that we have the ability to, um, to really carry on this tradition in the family.
1: Well, the, um the family tradition uh, dimension is something that we'll flect- reflect on once or twice in the course of the program and, uh, I dare say that, uh, Charlie and Arania, your, uh, your great grandparents would be really quite proud with how you've Maintained, uh, some of the high standards that they set early on. I, I'm wondering, did they start off strictly, uh, with chocolate and how long was it before they got into the one aspect of the business? And I, I might add, uh, for listeners out there that the Edward Mark Brands Company currently has a focus of your milkshake stores, which are the Milkshake Factory. Mm-hmm. Your fine chocolates, Edward Brand Chocolatier, mm-hmm. uh, Edward Mark Brand's Chocolatier, and your really fast-growing uh, chocolate-covered pretzels uh, group and variations thereof uh, mm-hmm. c- uh, called Snappers. Um, yep. So, w- And we'll talk about those, but uh, I- in the evolution of the company... Uh, did they start off strictly with chocolate for a few years, and did the, uh, uh, the soda fountain emerge later? Did they start off yeah. at about the same yeah,
2: time? Th- yeah, definitely. They started out with the chocolate. They um, they really, you know, they've gone through over, oh, in the, in, you know, when they came to the U.S., they knew that this is something that they wanted to do. A lot of their friends were getting into the chocolate business as well. And, you know, and, and they found a little, you know, which was at the time in 1914, Pittsburgh was you know, one of the most booming industrial cities in the world at the time. And they knew they came through New York, through Ellis Island, came here and they got into the, you know, you know, started, you know, making chocolates and they made enough money to buy a little storefront and um, in a neighborhood here in Pittsburgh uh, called Lawrenceville. And we've seen, you know, over the course of their time, you know, they started, you know, that's when the evolution continued into ice cream and the soda fountain, and we have the old photos of my great-grandfather standing in front of the, the counter with the mil- with the giant milkshakes and with his sons, and, you know, so we just have very, very, and my great-grandmother lived to be 99, and she taught us, like, we we were very privileged because we knew her, and we grew up with her, and she taught us how to decorate the Easter bunnies and the and the in the the Valentine's Hearts as kids and you know, and really carried on. I mean, we saw how special it was. She worked until the very end. She was something that she was the you know, the core of the business and was always there every day at the factory. And that was something that really sent a message to us as children is it's just this work ethic that she had created over the years. And, you know, and, you know, we continue that today as well. And I think that's why we've been able to, uh, you know, achieve such growth is because of the family legacy, but then because of the the work ethic and what we've been able to put into the business, I think, is something that we've learned from my great-grandmother.
1: Well, there's no question about it. This is actually a very, very prototypical American success story. Uh, Immigrants who come uh, to the U.S. and create uh, a business, in this case a chocolate, uh, handcrafted chocolate business, and work really, really hard um, as a couple um, which oftentimes, uh, is what, uh, the immigrant, uh, immigrants to our company, our country early on did is that both mom and dad, uh, worked, uh, to make the business successful. Um, it did somewhat true today. We have immigrants who become entrepreneurs, uh, but in this case, um, with a 102 year old company, a lot of that work ethic and a lot of the quality and, and, and I might add, probably love uh, mm-hmm. that was put into the product uh, ha- has been sustained. So around uh, sometime in the 1920s, they added the soda fountain, and they did it in, in, in sort of classic American fashion, didn't they? I mean, the the, yep. the soda fountain was... Uh, a, a, a very traditional American uh, style, and, and that's what they created.
2: And it was, it was very, uh, you know, traditional American. And you have to remember, at the time, it was a novelty, right? It wasn't something people didn't necessarily have ice cream at home, and you know, they didn't have freezers and ice cream where they could keep, where they could store, um, you know, store frozen foods and things like that. So you had to go out to get this. You had to go to the store, and it was something. It was a nice thing for the family to go out and go on an excursion to the ice cream store and to the chocolate shop. And that was, um, you know, you had your neighborhood places that you really liked and, you know, here we, you know, my great-grandparents had opened up this shop and it just became more popular over time. And that that was, and what we like to try to carry on today is remembering, it's like, it's our twist on that that throwback to a time when it conjures memories of you know, of an old-fashioned, you know, you know, time in America where you know, nice ice cream and milkshakes were a novelty, and you could go out and really spend time with your family and sit around the table, and you know, and that's something that, even though we have these these retail stores that are a quick service milkshake shops, they have become we, we hang on to that 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 those memories and those feelings of uh, of a bygone era. Uh,
1: in fact, your Uh, soda fountain uh, stores uh, in Pittsburgh uh, have not just a classic appeal, but you created more of a modern twist uh, so that the stores themselves, from what I could see uh, photographically, uh, have this classic contemporary look about them with very modern operations, and yet you preserve that part of the uh, formula Um, that, as you referred to, used to go out. People didn't have refrigeration early on, so it was a super treat to have uh, this ice-cold ice cream. Mm -hmm. And today, we have all manner of refrigeration. Things could be be prepared well in advance, but you still make uh, these confections fresh.
2: Yeah, so we make everything made to order, and that's like, as, as the world changes, we change with the world, right? You have to keep up and understand trends, and where, you know, we, we, we try to stay ahead of the trend and figure out what what are our customers, what's going to make them have a, a, a really incredible customer experience, and what are they going to really enjoy when they come into the store? It's a full dessert. It's like this dessert experience when you walk in, um to our store because you have all of the chocolates. We make fresh Belgian waffles. We have fresh dipped. We do chocolate covered bacon is one of our most popular, um, you know, chocolate covered pieces. And we we cook the bacon right there in the store. All of our milkshakes are made um, to order, of course, and because it's a milkshake. But then to really even. Make it even more gourmet. We have very unique flavors, and we're able to, um, you know, we caramelize the bananas right there in the store for the bananas Foster. We make the Belgian waffles for the strawberries and waffles milkshake. You know, they're very, um, you know, these are these aren't. You have your classic milkshakes that we have on the menu, um, but you also have milkshakes that you would see in, you know, Bon Appetit magazine or you know, somewhere that you would you would think some gourmet chef was making behind the counter. I mean, that's something that we we have a range of, of flavors that you can choose from. And, you know, one of my favorites on the menu is Sprite ice cream actually. It's it's, you know, vanilla ice cream with clover honey, cinnamon, and we put cornflakes into it, and it just has this really, you know, the cornflakes are crunchy and you have the cinnamon taste to it and it just it tastes better than cereal in the morning right i mean you have this amazing milkshake and you know so there's there's really unique unique flavors like that that you can try at the milkshake factory but then there's also the classics as well and and we always say if some, if you come into our store and you buy order a vanilla milkshake and if you're going to be in the milkshake business you better make the best vanilla milkshake you can make so you know we we challenge everybody to come in and find a better one but we we homemade we we make our own syrups that go into the milkshakes, and those are my grandparents' recipes that that we use to make the milkshakes and the sundaes and other desserts. And that's what makes that's really what makes those milkshakes really stand out and have the best flavor possible.
1: So I can get a chocolate uh, covered bacon uh, milkshake.
2: Yes, we have chocolate covered bacon. We have a bacon shake. It's amazing. It has you know it has the chocolate sauce and the vanilla ice cream pieces of bacon in it. It's like if you if you've never had bacon and ice cream together, I highly recommend it. You would be very surprised at how good it is because you have the smoky bacon. You have, do some, you know, even at home you can make this, some vanilla ice cream. Put a little maple ice cream in there if you can find maple ice cream. And it just, like, all of those flavors just really go together, and it's great for the fall and the winter too. I mean, if you want to have a great dessert, I would definitely highly recommend um, anything, you know. And, and right now bacon is pretty popular, right? So it is on trend, but it's something that, you know, is always good. People are surprised how, how well it goes in desserts
1: yeah and I don't think it's going to be just a, a trendy item. i think it's uh here to stay uh you latched onto um a, a flavor that uh definitely seems to be uh of sustained popularity yep. uh, it was a couple years back when I had my first uh uh chocolate covered bacon and and uh since that time you know it reminds you that there are things that work together that you otherwise w- wouldn't think. Uh, would work. And uh, so I, I would imagine you have a lot of flavors that uh, that are a great uh, taste, surprise, and treat. We're going to be taking a break. When we come back, I want to drill down into this whole area of how uh, flavors are created because at the core of m- much of what you do is, is quality, ingredients, and flavor. We're here with Chris Edwards of Edward Mark Brands, a chocolatier based in Pittsburgh, We're going to talk more about uh, the sweet success of Edward Mark Brands and what goes into uh, creating a company that's in uh, such a robust growth mode right
3: after this break. Forty-five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport.
0: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
3: Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport.
4: Whether cruising the Strip in a
3: 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on americaswebradio.com.
0: You're listening to americaswebradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Chris Edwards. The CEO of the Edward Mark Brands Company, a company which focuses in three primary areas, one that we've been talking about, which is their uh, milkshake factory, where you can get <laughs> really, um, I, I think you might call it exotic, along with some very traditional flavored milkshakes, which is uh, goes back to their earliest days when the great-grandparents created uh, a... a uh, a chocolate company, and then uh, eventually created the um, the classic American soda fountain. And we were talking with Chris about uh, some of the specific flavors. Uh, you know, Chris had mentioned the strawberries and waffles, and the bananas Foster. And we were talking about chocolate covered bacon and and fried ice cream. So, Chris, I was going to get into this a little bit later, and, and and we will drill down just a little bit later. But you have uh as virtual um, uh, co executive level managers, your brother and your sister, yep, and so you all would have been exposed to this as children, sort of as you were describing, they probably all decorated uh, uh mm-hmm. some of the chocolates uh, That's right and maybe made a, a a milkshake or two,
2: yes oh, I mean without a doubt i mean we we lived and breathed. I mean, we were born, it was the first place that my parents brought me from the hospital was right to the chocolate factory. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, after we were born, we grew up, I mean, growing up literally in a, like Charlie in a chocolate factory, you can imagine what that's like. And we were around chocolate all the time. We were around business, um, you know, just the business all the time, family business. We grew up in a family business. So You know, growing up in a family business, people always ask us, what was it like now to work with your brother and your sister? But, you know, we've always done this our whole life. I mean, and we've had even other careers, and we work together in our other career as well. And so, you know, it it, it was a very unique – it's very unique that we have worked together for so long. But growing up in the business really gave us that foundation of understanding. You know, we've we've always been around our – our factory or our employees or, you know, you know, they remember some of the, some of the ladies that worked for us remember us when we were younger. And so, um, it's just been, it, 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 it's not something that's foreign to us. It's something that we just kind of grew up in.
1: Right. When, when people say that their family business is, is in their blood, I mean, we're really talking about something which is in your blood and, you know, going there yeah. as an infant, uh, it's as if your DNA were, was imprinted with, uh, the family product. And and I do want to talk for a moment, because you do have um, uh, a brother and a sister who are um, very much the consummate professionals. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about, for example, uh, all of you working uh, in the White House. Um, but I want to go back, and this is a, a slightly different dimension to, to the profile uh, of, of a company, but it's, it's, it's drilling down into the, uh, the creative process because, yep. y- you know, y- you, uh, part of your f- primary focus is, is the branding and the marketing and, and, and inextricably linked to that is the creation of, of new products or in this case new flavors as well as new products. Um, walk me through what happens when, Uh, new flavors are added to uh, the uh, soda fountain uh, milkshake factory or or even chocolate wise Uh, what are some of those discussions like between yourself and anyone else on your your team are they are they coming back from uh, new york from one of the chocolate shows I I had mentioned to you, you know, there was a a trend which has some been somewhat sustained, where you've got spicy chocolates, you know, habanero, uh, you know, truffles, and what have you. Um,
2: Are you? I mean, sriracha sriracha was a big trend this last year. So, um, you're and Ron, you're right. Like it's, you know, we are, you know, you kind of how we did it, how we do it now is you know we gather information i mean you're out there in the market you're looking i mean you do- I, I it's it's no fun to go to the grocery store with me anymore because i'm just i don't i don't just shop for food i'm constantly like doing market research every time i'm at the grocery store so you're constantly when you're in our business i mean you're thinking about things and you know you're 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 just you're you're going to sh- you're definitely going to trade shows and you're seeing what's out there Um, But even going back a few years before we got to this level of sophistication, I mean, we sit around the table as our family and just put out there what we like. You know, I mean, if you think about it, if, you know, what – we all sit around and vote on things and test things and we would sit in my parents kitchen and make different milkshakes and just have fun doing it and start with a menu and then you can see what sells and what doesn't sell and you know and you kind of look at now we now we look at data and we you know we're at a time where we look at the look at how many you know peanut butter chocolate milkshakes are selling versus how many oreo mint milkshakes are selling and is that something we want to keep on the menu but there's it just how this started was just let's let's do what we like and then let's figure out you know what what works from that point forward so you know yeah it was a big step i mean when we're talking about putting chocolate covered bacon on the menu and we were kind of doing it before it really caught on or was this trend in you know especially in the city of Pittsburgh and you know we i don't think people were quite there to understanding okay am i really going to try this bacon and this ice cream or a bacon shake and you know you really you you have to hit you, you know as you're developing these flavors Um, not only is the flavor important but you have to hit it at the right time you have to really that's why I talk about trends a lot and that's why trends can become just like you're saying bacon is probably going to go beyond being a trend it's going to be a staple right and you can you know you can see that coming as more people as it's you're you're now seeing you know bigger companies that you would never guess have commercials on television having a bacon shake or bacon ice cream or whatever that is I mean you You really, you know, as we as we're developing flavors, as we're looking at them, we're first starting what we like and what we think is going to sell, and then we're actually evaluating the data and looking at it after we put it on the menu. We're looking and seeing, okay, um, you know, what is a really hot trend right now? Coconut is huge sriracha is big like you're talking about the spicy and the sweet and that's why snappers have become successful i mean if you're looking at our product line of snappers i mean we really hit the right product at the right time because it was about three and a half years ago when we developed it and it hit costco right when the salty snacking chocolate it was a salty sweet and it was snacking chocolate and snacking chocolates were just becoming popular, and you've seen success with other snacking chocolates, um, and, you know, like bark Fins and others that are out there on the shelf, and Snappers was one of the first as well. So um, that that really has helped, you know, the success of Snappers, and people, we took out, we created a caramel um, cluster similar to a turtle that we take out the pecans and added in the pretzels, and it 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 was it, it was that it was lower calories. It was um, not a full, not necessarily a full confection. You can you can eat through the bag. You can put it out as a snack item at a party. So it just became um, you know it's something that people are really looking for right now in the states. And that was the success of Snap. That's why the success of Snappers was so important. And we really hit that right trend at the right time.
1: I, <coughs> I, uh, a, a little side store here, I put out um, a, a bowl of the uh, dark chocolate covered uh, pretzels, uh, the Snapper's dark chocolate uh, pretzels, and uh, some of the uh, sea salt caramel, uh, or uh, yeah, the uh, milk chocolate caramel uh, uh, pretzels, and uh, they were gone. This was at a, uh, a board of directors meeting last night. Uh, it, it was uh, w- one of the hottest items among the uh, the snacks that were were put out May, i i might say that it's uh I probably shouldn't use this term, but uh, I I use it somewhat tongue-in-cheek. It it was addictive. It was uh, something you just uh, really, it it, it was a great taste. And, you know, you you talked about identifying trends, and and I'm certain that you're thinking about trends that will sustain themselves, but also, you know, having some agreement, a critical mass of, of, uh, the, the senior team saying, yeah, this, this, this is good. And, uh, mm-hmm. we think this will be around. Um, much like, uh, the first time I tasted Jack Daniels cured bacon, I thought, oh, this will be around for a while. And, <laughs> right. and also, um, the, um, the idea that, um, uh, you created the pretzel version of the turtle. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it's sort of like, how could you go wrong?
2: Well, no. <laughs> it's something that we didn't. I mean, we just started. You know, we had this idea of uh, of like you said, the pretzel version of this of this turtle and taking out the pecans. Pecans. We call them terrapins in our business. We make terrapins. We made them for years and years. It's one of our I, you know, I always say it's the king of all candy pieces, just because it's one of the most quintessential confections that you can think of. Is a is a terrapin or a caramel cluster, right? A caramel pecan cluster, and when we decided to take out. The, it, it's it's much it's very you know taking out the pecans and adding in the pretzels is very complicated it doesn't sound complicated but it is because you know we were able to you know it's 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 about scale for us it was about going from a small operation to be able to scaling up production and being able to produce for these larger retailers and that was something we had to learn as we go and we had an education as we created this item and we got our first break in Costco um, and and that really transformed the business and changed our lives. I mean, it it sounds, you know, funny to say it that way, but it's true. I mean, we really had to, you know, it it set our company on a different path and we still maintain um, the history and the quality and and the legacy of being in the chocolate business for 102 years. We know that we needed to focus on snappers and build snappers. It started as a product. Um, just one, you know, just an idea, and then a product, and then it became a brand, and now it's a company in itself. So it really evolved over three and a half years, and it happened very quickly because people say, you know, companies don't don't evolve that quickly typically, and that was something that um, was very surprising to us. And we just kept riding the wave, though. We just kept going with it, and we kept pushing and. You know and knew that we had something after that those first few months on the floor at costco we knew we had something special and we knew we had the ability to create something out of it and that's where the multiple flavors came from that's where outside because we started with the milk chocolate right milk chocolate no matter what what other flavors you put out in the united states you know even though dark is becoming dark chocolate's becoming much more popular milk chocolate's still number 1 i would say it's becoming more 50-50 but it's still 60-40 approximately um, but you are really you know quickly you know as we develop these new flavors the dark chocolate at Costco just like you said it's that addicting salty sweet the dark chocolate sea salt I think my R and D team is sick of hearing me talk about sea salt because, you know, it's such a it's such it's such a popular thing right now.
1: It's been uh, used in a a variety of applications. Chris, we're going to be taking a break when we come back. I I want to ask you a little bit more about uh, the the accelerated growth uh, related to Costco, but also I'm going to ask you something um, uh, about how it might have otherwise still happened in a different way. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk more about uh, the Edward Mark Brands Company and its range of products with Chris Edwards right after this
3: break. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby, the first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport. Your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's web
5: radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge.
4: On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we're here with Chris Edwards, the CEO of the Edward Mark Brands Company, a chocolatier but also the umbrella organization for the Milkshake Factory, which we've been talking about for mark brand uh edward mark chocolatier and for snappers a product that we just started talking about that uh became highly popular uh virtually overnight um, particularly when costco um, decided to put you in 91 stores and, but the question uh that i alluded to uh chris w- w- was you make a very fine product. I mean, I, I would suggest to anyone to stop in at your uh, local Publix or Kroger uh, or uh, w- one of the the major. You're in most of the major uh, supermarkets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, fine snappers uh, and uh, and try one or both of the uh, the, the snappers, uh, chocolate, uh, dark chocolate, or milk chocolate uh, caramel pretzels. Uh, But also, there's a larger family of products, including uh, what I just mentioned, the uh, the Edward Mark chocolatier, uh, fine chocolate uh, category. Uh, And for that, you can go to the website, uh, www.edwardmark.com, is that right? Or is it edwardmark.com? Uh, brands dot yep
2: you can do either one edwardmark.com or edwardmark brands and you it'll take you to the um, to the website where you can go on and browse all the chocolates and kind of look at what the company is about
4: and
1: and so the um, back to this this major boost once you once uh, the Costco people realized that you had a really good product and, and I want to say two things one of them is that you don 't just get into Costco and and, and skate away. You have to prove to them that mm-hmm. the product uh, catches on and has uh, sustained sales. And, and, and that's testimony to how good the product is in your case.
2: Yeah, well, Costco is an incredible business model. I mean, we really, uh, like I said, I said before, it's changed our company and what we've been able to do. And it's done that for a lot of small businesses. They really want to work with small businesses and help find those really good products and um, understand that we have to walk before we run. And they helped us do that. They helped us develop the item properly and understand how to work within um, in the Costco world. Um, and then we had to learn quickly after that of how to diversify beyond Costco and, um, and in, in have national distribution and create a national broker network and be able to sell our product in other grocery store chains and, dr- and b- when gr- in the channels of drug and grocery. So we're carried at CVS, we're carried at Walgreens, we're carried at almost every major grocery store chain in the United States. And that has, um, that has really, you know, after branching out from beyond Costco, we had to, you know, be able to do that because if we wanted to grow within Costco, Costco really you know, doesn't want to hurt small businesses. They want to help them. They want to help everybody grow. So that was what was really important. As we grew within Costco, we had to grow with the outside of Costco too. So it it limit it, it, it eliminated the risk of just being having one customer. Does that make sense?
1: Right. And, the, you know, we want to give credit to Costco, one, for recognizing, you know, the quality of your, your product and the marketability. And it sounds to me like they've been a, a really good, Business partner. They've they've been more than you know, just a source of distribution, but a really good business partner. Um, but I was wondering, and here's that question. It it might have taken longer, and certainly, uh, Costco has tremendous uh, clout uh, and, and and reach, but. Uh, one of the other giants, uh, you know, a, a Kroger, a, a Publix, a Safeway, uh, you know, could have also, uh, helped boost things along and, and then you would way. have continued that path. The CVS, the Walgreens, I mean, those are a lot of, of, uh, stores. And, yeah. and so, you know, I, 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 on one hand, uh, certainly want to, Give credit to uh, Costco for for being first in and, and recognizing the marketability, uh, but also I, I think it was almost an inevitability that the way that you were thinking as uh, the marketing uh, guy at the company, you you would have uh, uh, found these other uh, channels of, of distribution, and and uh, and that's why in the uh, the uh, the introduction I talk about. Uh, the company being poised to be a global player um, with multiple brands, um, I don't want to go down that path too far because I don't want you giving away anything that is not yet ready to be part of your uh, uh, strategic execution. But surely there must be some thought because I. I can see your products. And I've been to some of the chocolate chocolate capitals of the world, Uh, you know, Paris, New York, uh, Belgium, uh, you know, Brussels, you know, where you you, you get to the main square and uh, you look over and it's like, oh, my God, there's like eight chocolate shops right there. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And you could succeed in those environments. I mean, your product is good enough. Uh, You know, it might be a, a, a tough competitive marketplace, but um has ha- has there been any thought about uh-, uh
2: you know we so so going back to what you were saying about our growth and what we've been able to um, you know achieve in a short amount of time was you know we've just got recognized by Inc magazine we just broke the top 500 fastest growing companies in America we grew 914% in 3 years um, and that um, that growth was really attributed to the Snappers brand, um, and now we can take what we've really learned in the Snappers brand and carry that into other brands, to so the Edward Mark Chocolatier brand and to the Milkshake Factory. Really, Edward Mark Chocolatier and the Snappers brand are very similar because they will follow the same type of of you know of trajectory when you're talking about. Um, y- you know, into the grocery stores and into drug and things. We will put out certain items. But we also have our box chocolate line and our box chocolate line is what you can order online. We can find those online. There are gourmet chocolates that they're still, you know, handmade in our grandfather's factory and that's what's something that is very special to us. But we also have, you know, even though we have this rich family legacy in the chocolate business, we also operate and act like a startup because of Snappers. I mean, it's just three years uh, from inception and from the idea of it. and. Um, three and a half years from the idea of it, and we're going on our fourth year with Costco, our biggest customer, um, and we've diversified into almost every major grocery chain. And after we've gotten national distribution, now we're working on our velocity to be able to increase our household penetration, so people understand and and you know and can be, people can. Recognize the Snappers brand, and that is just starting now, and increasing our velocity and what we're able to do at Target. Target's one of our is one of our top um, is probably our second largest customer as well. So we, you know, we we're we're, we're definitely just to, to answer your question about our strategy and where we're going with the business. We definitely are riding this wave of you know of the of what of the popularity of Snappers and where. It's going, but we also have to under, we have to have a plan in place. You have to have a strategic plan of, that's why I said year one was Costco, year two was national distribution, year three is the velocity within those retailers and digging down deep into those retailers. And eventually, yes, I mean, global, you know, could we, could we sell in other countries? We do now through Costco, and we have a couple small accounts that we have outside of the, the U.S. borders. Um, the Canada, Canadian market is, we are opening up the Canadian market right now currently. Um, we are in the process. Snappers are about to hit shelves in Canada. And Canada's one, Costco Canada is one of our biggest, um, is our is is probably one of our single biggest customers. If you're breaking down Costco, Costco Canada does very very well. So I think our, you know, our, our we're going to do very well in the Canadian grocery and Canadian grocery market as well. So I I think there's a lot of potential for Snappers. I feel like we've just scratched the surface, and you know, there's room for. Um, a lot of growth. We just launched Minis, Snapper Minis, this year into C-Stores. So they're about to, um, you know, as of September, October uh, this fall, they, were, they started to ship, and they're about to hit, hit shelves as well. So in convenience stores, and they're, they're a poppable version of the Snapper. You know, the Snapper right now is probably a two-byte snack, and the poppable one is just a one-bite snack, and it's a mini. And I think they're going to be a big product line extension for us in the future. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. There's so many things that come to mind. Um, we're going to be taking a break, but when we come back, I want to ask you, for example, you know, a lot of companies would, uh, would kill to have just one area, like the uh, milkshake factory, you know, soda fountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I had a brief chat, and, you know, Thirty-one flavors, Fosters, uh, Swensons—pick uh, your model. Uh, you know they—they've managed to succeed famously uh, in their own way, uh, focusing on ice cream, uh, fine chocolates. Uh, you know you have uh, everything from Ghirardelli to uh, Godiva. Uh, and you're in that marketplace. And then when it comes to uh, snack foods, uh, you know, across cross between uh, a generalized uh, confection and almost a, f- a fine chocolate confection, you know, r- really, you're, you're, uh, I think your uh, snapper products are, are, are a cut above. That's three different markets. That's, that's, and and three different ways to distribute. So I wanted to ask you just a couple things about it. Uh, Don't want you to give anything away. Mm -hmm. uh, But when we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what a, what a a lovely position to be in is to figure out, okay, um, you know, exactly how will we make all of these products available and where will we make them available. We're talking with Chris Edwards of Edward Mark Brands, a chocolatier. Uh, and you can follow uh, some of what we're talking about looking at the website at www.edwardmarkbrands.com or edwardmark.marc.com, And we'll talk more with Chris right after this break.
6: Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare.
4: On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com.
5: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out, and when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF.
0: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Chris Edwards of Edward Mark Brands, a company that focuses on uh, the milkshake factory, its it's retail uh, group, um, the Edward Mark Chocolatier brand of gourmet chocolates and snappers, the brand of chocolate-covered pretzels and other um, snack foods. Uh, High-end snack foods, I might add. Um, the um, I had to taste the uh, chocolate coconut-covered almonds, uh, Chris, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I had heard in advance that they were really good, and they are.
2: Oh, thank uh, you very much. Yeah, those are those are also um, just hit the floor at Costco, and they're going to be coming to other Costco regions uh, in 2017 as well.
1: Yeah, it's 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 almost nutritional. <laughs>
2: that's right. That's right. We we have coconut. You have almonds. You know, whole roasted almonds. I mean, it's a really great item. That's that's another one under the Edward. Just similar to Snappers. I feel like this item, this product under Edward Mark Chocolatier. Like I said, it's given us the ability to really focus on Snappers. Have given us the ability to really now focus on Edward Mark Chocolatier and kind of going back to our roots and putting out some of the really good quality products to to in, into mass market channels. So That has been um, a change for us, Um, but it's a very welcome change, and we're able to make a really high-quality product um, and make it affordable so people can buy it at the grocery store.
1: I want to take just a moment here and uh, share with listeners uh, something which will likely be mouth-watering. Again, we're talking about the quality of the products and some of your flavors that are at the core of, of what you do. And I want to switch to the Edward Mark Chocolatier, uh, group, which also has, uh, v- virtually unlimited potential, uh, as the other two divisions do. This is part of what makes, uh, the company, a- and, and puts, uh, you and the family in an enviable position is because you can, uh, and I, and I, and I do, I, I I do sense that you're being careful. You want slow, smart growth. Uh, I mean, you want a steep uh, curve growth-wise, but you don't want to uh, overstep the boundaries quality-wise or or even attention to detail and distribution, which you and I had talked to, and we, we might be able to get to that. But I want to uh, mention that you, you've you got salted caramels and truffles and uh, gourmet assorted chocolates, both milk and, and dark chocolate, yeah, the salted caramels. The uh, dark chocolate cherry almonds, milk chocolate cinnamon caramels, milk chocolate almond butter toffee, dark chocolate nonpareils, milk chocolate peanut butter meltaways, p- mm-hmm. the the terrapins we talked about the pecan uh, caramel yeah terrapins. very popular yeah yeah very very popular uh, the strawberry pistachio pistachio dark chocolate bark and the pistachio and sea salt dark chocolate bark uh, and then of course we mentioned the dark chocolate coconut almonds I mean. Those are all really <laughs> some great flavors. Uh, and I wonder, uh, it really, in my mind, puts you solidly uh, at the end of the spectrum that is uh, close to, um, you know, and I actually might say there's a couple things I tasted that I thought were uh, every bit as good or maybe better than Godiva. Uh, you know, you compare, uh, you had mentioned that Girardelli is, is a company and Lint. Uh, and and uh, and and even Mars, but at the fine chocolate into the spectrum. I mean, yep. you're really you 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 are solidly in that end of the spectrum.
2: Yeah. So the Edward Mark Chocolatier brand is really into that premium set of the of the candy of the entire candy set of the entire candy category, um, and that's where we feel that there's going to be some growth for us. Um, and you know, Snappers itself is. A better for you version of a caramel pecan cluster, um, and that's why that's carried in the better for you set, and it is also on the shelf next to other chocolates like Brookside and and Bark Thins and other things that are out there that are also in that snacking category. And then you kind of have you know you transition over to Edward Mark Chocolatier, and you're more looking you're looking more more at the confections, and you're looking at the premium space. So, um, and, and frankly, Linton Ghirardelli own that space, and that's where they've done very well. So, um, I, think, I think, like, the Coconut Almonds and a few others have the ability to, to do well um, at grocery, um, and we'll just see how that goes over the next, you know, the next year.
1: You know, I, I, I do not want to be guilty of putting the cart before the horse, but on the other hand, you know, we have listeners out there who are thinking, wow, I could use uh, a uh, milkshake factory in a milkshake factory in in, in my uh, community, or uh, you know they'll have snappers that will be within driving distance. But yep. uh, you know the the fine chocolates are more available online, and yet um, they're available at the milk cho- uh, milkshake factory. So so maybe if those two products stay uh, under the one roof, or, or actually the full range of products uh and there are people out there uh listening who think uh they uh they might want to become a franchisee even though you aren't selling franchises maybe they should still call you and at least be put on the list uh we, so, yeah
2: that's good we're no we're not franchisee we're not franchisors yet but yes we will you know in, in as as we grow the milkshake factory who knows where that's going to go i mean we only have two stores now so we take it just like you said our attention to detail and our you know we like aggressive growth in our company, but at the same time, we do not want our aggressive growth to hurt the business, so we have to be very careful and methodical about how we expand the brands and where we go with the milkshake factory and where we how we launch Edward Mar Chocolatier and how we 're able to you know really develop snappers as a brand that 's a grocery right now so um, you know we are very careful how we do it. I think we put a great team of people together that um, you know, we really, from from the top down, we all work, it's a really fun environment here. It's a family environment, but it's also um, more sophisticated as we're competing with big companies um, on the shelf. So that, you know, all of those things, we have to be careful how we expand, but again, um, you know, as we... We hope to to open more milkshake factories in the future. Who knows where that's going to go?
1: Yeah, I, and again, uh, I don't uh, want to put the cart before the horse. But I mean, if there are people yeah. who are interested, they should call you up. And you know, you, you never know. You get a critical mass of calls. You might uh, uh, have uh, a discussion, uh, a serious discussion about uh, that that dimension to the business.
2: It's always it's always good for people to let us know, and it's great to hear from people and for people to let us know. Hey, you know, I think a milkshake factory would do well in my town, and you know, you know, we we keep all of that information, and that's something that also we get calls from all over the country. People come to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a really, you know, is experiencing this renaissance, and people are coming from all over to come to Pittsburgh. I mean, we now have, you know, Google and Facebook and Uber, and everybody's moving into the city, and you know, we're like a we're a little tech center here um, on the East Coast in the Midwest, um, and. It's been a very uh, it's been a very cool time to be growing this business in Pittsburgh as well, um, and with the community behind us, and um, and you know that with all we we love to hear from other people around the country and you know and helping us decide where where are we where are we going to do very well where, where could we go next and that's always very helpful to us.
1: Yeah, we had a discussion. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh is undergoing a, a sustained renaissance, and what a great place to be uh, for a variety of reasons, but you're very fortunate to, to, to be there. Um, um, I, I also uh, want to say that um, uh, maybe you should consider, when it comes to uh, the fine chocolates or the full range of products, um, uh, taking the, uh, a cue from the, uh, the wine industry. Maybe you should host some wine... Uh, <laughs> uh, some 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 chocolate parties around the country. Chocolate to, and wine
2: go great together. Yeah, that's true. Right, to it's introduce
1: true. Uh, uh, communities to the product. Um, the other thought that came to mind was I know that uh, the C's, uh Candy Group out of the West Coast uh, mm-hmm. will have a kiosk, and they you know and they won't undertake the entire expense of a uh, of a store, a retail store during the holidays, but yep. the kiosk, which I I would think is probably a good return on investment, and that's a that's something that maybe uh, you might consider. And 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 I'm just throwing that out. I, mm-hmm. I I want to now uh, give a tip of the hat to to some of your people. I've I've talked to a few people. Uh, Jenny Osterman, uh, mm-hmm. w- w- uh, one of your executive assistants. Uh, I really appreciate that she uh, put me in contact with you uh, and Gene uh, in, in in your marketing group and distribution. And I yep. get a feeling that you, your brother and sister, have done a great job of uh, of of generating of sustaining. Uh, what your great-grandparents started uh, a, as a family uh, a family feel to a family business. Uh, and now as you're growing, uh, you're, you're, you still have that. I, I get a sense there's still that feel to the company. And um, we only have a minute or so left, but the three of you, you, your brother and sister, worked uh, in the White House. And then uh, came back to Pittsburgh. Uh, Tell us about that.
2: That's right. We, um, I, I, I left. I went to Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, and you know, got my car. And I knew uh, from a kid, I wanted to work in Washington D.C. And I always told my parents someday I was going to go work at the White House. And you know, this opportunity came up. I volunteered my time is is that most people do in politics they volunteer their time my brother and sister at the time are younger they were in um, in college at the time still I was just finished so they're just a few years behind me and um, and then I went down got my car slept on a friend's couch until I was able to get a job volunteering on the um, presidential, uh, you know, on the campaigns and on the inauguration, and it kind of led from one thing to another, and ended up getting a job at the State Department as a protocol officer, taking taking care of all incoming heads of state and their delegations, and then eventually went over to the White House. Um, For five years, I worked in the White House, and I ran uh, media operations, I ran logistics, we were responsible for all the events that took place um, that the president participated in. And then my brother and sister, while I was in that whole process, my brother and sister and I, uh, Dana and Mark came down as well, and they came to Washington, D.C., and we all worked together in the White House. And um, Dana ended up getting a job as well, and um, and Mark was there out was on the advanced teams out on the road. So we really, again, we worked together, and you know, we grew up together in the family business, Worked together in the White House and really got a great foundation of how we run our and, own business and today. Br- from y- from that,
1: you brought the highest levels of professionalism uh, back to the family business, and uh, you know, and the family business must uh, have uh, appeared to you as something w- where you really felt like, "Hey, we cannot overlook this uh, this opportunity." Chris, yep. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to be on the business hour and for sharing insights uh, into the company and uh, and the industry. Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Thanks, Ron, for having me. I appreciate it.
1: We've been listening to Chris Edwards uh, of the Edward Mark Brands Company. We've been talking about chocolate and the industry, and you've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio and the Internet next week.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.